Welcome, Supers, to this Shark Tank Tank Tales episode here where I will be interviewing Joe, and I'm going to butcher his last name even though I absolutely should not, uh, Alt- Altier- Altieri. <laughs> I-, I don't know if I butchered it or not. Uh, I will be interviewing him. He aired on Season 11 episode, and I just literally had it in front of me here about 30 minutes ago, Episode. My eyes are still not perfect. Uh, episode 10, season 11 of Shark Tank and with the Flex Screen product. So I need uh, – normally I would ask for super claps in the chat, but since we're not actually live streaming this, uh, I just just clap wherever you are. Just – you know, you're on a bus. It doesn't matter. Just start clapping. That's that's what I want to hear. Uh, everybody, give it up for Super Joe Alteria, Alter. I want to say like the Alteriani, but it's <laughs> Alter. It's Altier. We're very American. Oh, man. Italian last name. Yep. So (laughs) if you're a Sopranos fan, there was actually an Altieri, but they pronounced it Altieri. So, but, uh, so, but anyway. And the the correct pronunciation is Altieri. Altieri. Yep. Altieri. All right. Cool. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Joe. It's it's an absolute pleasure to have you. I I actually just uh, reacted to your video this morning. It hasn't gone live yet. It'll probably go live uh, a day or two before this interview. uh, Anybody, you know, this goes out onto the channel. But um, for anybody who's not familiar with Flex Seal and your story, uh, why don't we go start where? Let's start, like, how did you come up with, with Flex Seal and, and start with that backstory there? Well, actually, Flex, Flex Seal is the stuff you spray on, a, like, a, a, on the Flex bottom Seal? of a boat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> did I, did no. I really say Flex Seal? Oh, it's, oh my goodness. It's all, Flex, it's all good. Flex, Flex Green. Flex Green. Oh, my God. So Flex Green is uh, it's, it's a flexible That's, mar- that's some marketing, though. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, like, like I mean, the fact that uh, you, you, you know you said Flex Seal twice, they're doing a good job at, at what they do. Sure, but uh, but Flex Screen is a flexible window screen, and, and uh, came up uh, with the idea in my garage years and years ago, really based off of the problem. I've been in the window and door industry for a long time, and I have a lot of customers that are window and manufacturers. So they make the windows and doors, and and window screens are the necessary evil in our business. So they they're really problematic for homeowners, are really problematic for for window manufacturers. And uh, I sold a lot of traditional old style aluminum screens, and uh, they're just a pain in the butt. So I just wanted to come up with something different, something that wouldn't get damaged as easy, was easier to take in and out. And flex screen is the result of that, those efforts in my garage. So, so when I was watching the the pitch, uh, and I'll get to some of the questions that that more pertain to the you know you being on Shark Tank a little later here, but. Uh, one of the things that I hate about the screens, and every time I see my kids put their hands anywhere near our, our screens, I'm just like, no, please don't break it. I, it doesn't need to be broken. I don't want to deal with this. It's such a pain to take out. It's such a pain to put in. It's such a pain to have to go and take it to uh, to one of our local hardware stores to get re-meshed or re-screened or whatever the term is. I don't know because I don't want to deal with it. Um I know that uh, a lot of my, you know, my neighbors and all, uh, we all have, you know, rental properties and stuff, especially down by the Jersey Shore, uh, and that's something that is a recurring theme of having to have to 
redo the screens constantly uh, because, you know, kids poke them out or whatever. Mm-hmm. Does this – and I don't think you really demonstrated it, but my, my first question was if I pushed on it, would it flex and pop out? Like would it give enough to stop the kid or, or person from just like putting – you know, poking right through it? So, so what's really cool about our product, and again, this is all physics and metallurgy and all that fun stuff, right? But um, so our, our our product is a big spring. So it's a big spring that goes around um, our, uh, you know, on the inside of a of a window, and it has a regular mesh on it, like your your screen does. So when you push in the middle of it, what happens is the sides actually bow in, but the corners the corners will actually stay in that little screen track, so they can they can they can push it out, you know. Uh, a foot two feet without it actually popping out eventually you know if you push hard enough it'll it'll pop out and then you have to go pick it up from the yard and go put it back in but um but if somebody's just kind of you know leaning against it it'll it'll actually um it'll it'll stay in and won't get damaged like a regular screen would but it'll stay in the window it's uh again that wasn't by design that's just happens to be the the physics of of what we've done but it's a pretty cool uh it's a pretty cool little trait that that it has that again well, was completely unexpected. Well, I, I absolutely love. I mean, I love that because, I, like I said, the, the other the other thing is always like trying to pass the the cables. You know, like a power wow. cable or a, a TV cable, an HDMI cable, uh, something through a window, a network cable uh, through the window is is always the a task. And trying to pop it out so you know the metal's kind of like just barely you know kind of shifted, and you're like, please don't rip, please don't break, please don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to deal with this problem. Um, so I, I think that's really, I think it's awesome that you, you got into the ability to, to change, make that, make that change. Now, have you always been an inventor, a tinkerer before, you know, coming up with the flex screen, not flex seal? <laughs> you, you know, my, my grandfather was, you, you know, he was the, he was the guy, uh, I tell this story a lot. He, he was the guy that had the magic coffee can, you know what I mean? Where, you know, whenever he needed something. Um, around his house or something like that he would go to his coffee can and he would shake it up and and pull out like the perfect thing which i thought was the perfect thing and here what it was was he was just using what he had in front of him right and so you know it was like oh well that'll work and, and he would go make it work and so i you know I, I grew up hanging out with my grandfather a lot and he had that that mentality you know what, what's what's in front of you and what's the problem you're trying to solve and that's um you know, I, I got that from him. Uh, you know, I've always been a, I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I, I you know, sold um, flowers for Easter and Mother's Day on a roadside um, roadside stands. You know, I was the guy. I was always out, you know, renting DJ equipment on the weekends and doing graduation parties and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, being a, I've I've always had that that business mindset. You know, where I wanted to work for myself and things like that. But I was never. I still don't consider self, myself an, an inventor yet. So um, somebody called me that the other day. I'm like, oh, that seems so weird. But I, I guess you know we have like eight patents, so I guess I'm an inventor. So, but um, but but yeah, it was just one of those. It was a hobby, you know. I was just like, man, there's this problem out here. There's nothing's changed in this in this space for over a hundred years, and like there has to be something better. And so it was just it was just me and the uh, nights and weekends in my garage just messing around. So. Well, I, I absolutely love that. Now, I, I myself, as people that may that watch the channel may or may not know, I, I am also a DJ. Uh, what's your what's your favorite indulgent uh, music style? 
Uh, you, you know what? I, I, and this are is you really free, weird. Are you are you a freestyle guy? I, I, I take you for I, a bit of a freestyle guy. I, I'm I I wasn't. I, I mean, no, oh. no, I, I no. Um, you know, lately, I don't know what this. I don't know why. Like tropical house music has has like has me. You know where you know you have the you know the, the dance music, but it's all set to like you know more Caribbean type of stuff. I don't know. It's it's like a it's wow. A, I yeah. you know I don't think I've actually heard that before. I'm yeah, gonna have to I, go search this out. I'm trying I to get my wife to, to move south somewhere where it's warm and there's palm trees all the time. So I, I feel that like by playing this music, it'll maybe it'll help. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, you know, it, it very well may, it very well yeah. may. Uh, uh, that, that, that's awesome. Do, do you still have any equipment with uh, no. around the house? Well, or anything? No, I, not around the house. I mean, now you know, with with the company and and you know, I'm, I'm sitting in a podcast. I mean, we 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 do. Um, big events and stuff like that so i have enough equipment to do a big event i just you know i don't i don't have any equipment personally anymore though uh okay yeah i still got so i like i got a a controller right over here on I the do right use. i don't on my left i don't get to use it as often as i'd like to uh but my kids are are really coming up into this idea that no you know kidding. they want to dj and i mean they're five and three so uh <laughs> we're, we're getting we'll get there we're getting there um but yeah, <laughs> I, I watch uh, some of those guys that that do it. Like you know, now they're you know selling out stadiums. I'm like, oh my god, that's, that would be freaking amazing. You know, I have a, I have a saying about uh, was it nerds then geeks then pop right, <laughs> and and that's the way it goes. And with that. Like, I, you know, I was into to electronic music back in the 90s, you know, and, and all that. And it's like it wasn't really mainstream. There was the fringe songs. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't be until another, you know, total 20, 2010s before, like, electronic music really came into its own. It's like, well, we were, you know, when we were listening to it back in then. And it's like, oh, this is incredible. Everyone's like, oh, what's that noise? And, um, and, and, and to go along with that, like, you know, I grew up playing computer games, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when, you know, in the, in the 90s, it was like, oh, that, you know. It was a very fringe thing to have a land party over, and now that you know they're selling out entire stadiums uh, to, to watch like ten people sit around their computers and, and compete, and it's like we were doing this back in the you know in the nineties and the two thousands, like, but not for millions of dollars worth of prizes. It was more like, hey, there's a like a ten thousand dollar prize, like one, <laughs> not not right. like every you know the contestants are just getting ten grand just for showing up, kind of thing. Oh, it's incredible! Like thirteen year olds making millions of dollars, you know, getting. Uh, you know promotion deals and, and all that stuff to play video games like you know th- that's the exact opposite of what i was telling my kids i'm like go get a freaking get off the computer game you know now now kids are like i'm training dad i can't do it like you know parents are like okay son that's that's fine you know let's get you a uh you know a 60 dollar an hour Fortnite coach to, to help you <laughs> exactly. uh get better at Fortnite. <laughs> we're it's a way joke, off but it's topic not. here man <laughs> oh no but that's what you know i that's Hey, that's why you do interviews, right? I if love we were just it. Yeah. Here, if we were, if this was the the mainstream media, you know, you get the three and a half minutes if you're lucky, and 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 that's and that's it, right? So we we have the uh, ability to talk about things that are outside the the box. This is much um, more fun for sure. <laughs> well, th- thank you. I I quite appreciate that. So. Um, so uh, first of all, I want to give you uh, some dings. I don't know if you can actually hear the dings here. I'm hoping I, I people it, yeah. can hear it. But uh, you know, being able to go from uh, z- zero to to five million in, in what was it, three years or four years? Four years. Um, yeah. In four years, like that, that is absolutely incredible. It was something that. Um, 
is new, right? And and people when when there's an education process, I mean, obviously it kind of speaks for itself, uh, especially when you're t- talking about going to a manufacturer versus like, oh, let me put this on an end cap and and make it sell itself. In fact, I was just talking to Larry Roberts, who anybody who's a fan of the channel uh, know, definitely knows Larry Roberts. Uh, we were talking about lo- the Lark water bottle and how I've seen it in Best Buy, and it's like, oh, here's them like fancy you know Fitbit watches, and then like right next to it, it's just a water bottle that sells for like a hundred dollars and it's like there's no information or anything about it. but when you talk about selling to an industry it's you have that ability to like hey look and you can touch and feel it and and understand uh which is a lot easier than just putting it on an end cap and saying hey this is a screen like oh i hate screens like i don't want to you know i don't hey. even want to be thinking about screens in most in most people's cases um so con- you know congratulations on you. that you know you're, you're you're quite welcome uh what made you want to get to Shark Tank? Was it was it your decision, or was it somebody reached out to you and was like, "Hey, you should, you know, we we want you to do this." Yeah, they actually reached out to us. So we um, we made a pretty big pivot a couple of years ago. So we were, um, you know, selling wholesale to the window manufacturers. That's that's the industry that I know. And what we were running up against was everybody in our industry said, this is awesome. We love it. It's, it's fantastic. It answers all the problems. But the homeowners have absolutely no idea what this thing is, right? So, so then, uh, you know, I'm a part of an industry that doesn't, they're not very good marketers. You know what I mean? They sell white rectangles, right? If you go out and say, hey, I want a window, you're like, okay, there's this white rectangle or this white rectangle, or maybe I have a brown rectangle, but ultimately there's not much difference between the windows. So, you know, when you bring something new into a space that's like that, you have to figure out a way to drive the demand with a pull through demand. And so I was trying to shove it down the manufacturer's throat going, this is better, this is better, this is better, here's why. And then, and it just wasn't working. So then we started doing some digital marketing. We just started putting out funny videos, you know, us, uh, you know, me pounding screens with hammers, running them over with cars, throwing them off of buildings, you know, all of that fun stuff. And so, uh, through those efforts, um, Shark Tank found us. So they actually called us up um, and said, you know, hey, we saw some of your videos. We'd love to have you on the show. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's a freaking joke. Somebody's messing around with me. There's no possible <laughs> way that, that Shark Tank is, uh, you know, so we ignored it, you, you know. And then then um, I got an email. Well, I got an email first that said that. And I'm like, okay, well, you can get an email that says anything. You know what I mean? Um, so then we got a phone call and the voicemail came up, you know, from Sony Pictures. And I'm like, oh, maybe like either somebody's really going far with this joke, you know, like kudos to them. You know what I mean? Or, you know, this is something serious. And so um, got on the phone with one of the, the um, you know, the, the uh, casting people. And, and they said, yeah, we'd love to have you on. We saw your stuff. We saw all of your videos. Uh, you know, are you in? Uh, we'll send over a contract. And so that that so then you know so then you go through and I'm sure you've heard this from other some of your other guests, you know you have this like do I really want to go on Shark Tank? You know to your earlier point, you know we we did five million um, the year the year prior to 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 us um, filming, so you know we did ten million that year that we filmed. So we're this growing company, you know what I mean? We're you know we're we're doubling every year. And I'm like, man, I could go on and really blow this for everyone. <laughs> like this, this could be really bad because you know most Shark Tank, you know, most people don't get deals, and a lot of people embarrass themselves and do damage to their to their company. Um, now again, damage is uh, there's the Shark Tank effect happens even with companies that don't get deals and do embarrass themselves. Um, you know, there's still a lot of there, there's still a lot of good that comes from it. 
but uh, I'd have a you know interesting conversation with my family, you know, going, hey, dad might go on and embarrass himself. You know, you guys are you guys ready for that? Um, and then of, of course with my partner saying, you know, hey, look, this is this is a big opportunity. It's also a, a big um, a big risk. What do we want to do? And so uh, that's that's what led us to. Uh, and and of course, it doesn't take too long where you're like Shark Tank. It's like it would be like the Super Bowl calling, going, hey, we have an opening. Any any chance you want to bring your team? You're like, oh yeah, sure, okay, I'll. We'll play in the Super Bowl, so um, you know that that was uh, that was our story of, of how we got on. And there's still some iterations. You still have to do some things to to get on the show. There's still a couple weeks of you know some videos you have to send in and working with the producers, making sure that you're not going to faint when you get in front of the the cameras. But uh, it was really quick for us. So we we I want to say it was man from the first call to um, me out there filming it was like six weeks, seven weeks maybe. So it was pretty fast. You know, I think it's um, it's interesting. Like, I hadn't um, really known, but prior to like starting this this part of, of my my content creation journey and all, um, known that Shark Tank was actively reaching out to to business owner, you know, specific businesses. Uh, Dino, my Dino Don interview, which if you haven't seen it, go get subscribe. You know, click the subscribe button below and go check that interview out. Uh, I was actually at his house, uh, built in seventeen eighty four. Four, I believe it was, uh, which is which is crazy. But I, um, it makes perfect sense, right? Because the the um, the producers want to make sure that there's businesses there that definitely keep the sharks as in- interested and in- as engaged as the the viewers, right? And and from a like, if we just put crap deals out there, you know, crap offerings to the sharks, like. They might get tired and want to leave, and then all of a sudden, like all of them are not out of a maybe out of a job or or not out of a job, but out of a Shark Tank job. You know, if they don't do their part as well as you know having people submit, plus doing the research and finding those those businesses, those those diamond in the roughs that aren't necessarily looking to go to Shark Tank to get you know the giant Shark Tank effect. Um, Fun story oh, about man. that. If you uh, if you if we have a, a minute. So um, one of the things about the show is you go, and you've probably heard this before, is um, this is all pre-COVID, right? So they, they fly everybody out on a Sunday, um, and they do it twice a, twice a year, once in July and once in September. So they fly everybody out on Sunday. On Monday, you meet up. They do a bunch of meetings and stuff like that. And then you pitch to the producers, the directors. You know, There's about 50 people in the room, and you have to go and do your pitch in front of them. And they make it really clear. Um, some, some people are going home after this. You know, you're not even going to make it to, to pitch in front of the sharks. Like, we want to see you do your thing. Um, we'll give you some tips. We're going to look for lighting and all that stuff. So I was scheduled to I was scheduled to film on Thursday. So again, this is Monday. Um, do my thing. You know, my producing team that was working with me, they're like, oh, you did a good job. You know what I mean? We'll see you on Thursday. You know, that kind of thing. I'm like, all right, cool. So I go home or go, go back to the hotel. My wife's at the hotel waiting. And we go out to dinner. And about 8.30 at night, we're just finishing up dinner. And there's the, the, the producer's um, cell number comes up on my phone. I'm like, oh, crap, I'm freaking going home. Because they, they said, like, some of you guys are going to get calls tonight. And I'm like, oh, man, this is so terrible. And um, so anyway, I answer the phone and I'm like, hey, what's going on? He's like, hey, I got good news. I'm like, look, if this is one of those, like, I know you were nervous, so good news, you're going home. Like, I'm going to reach through this phone and choke you. You know, like, like um, but he's like, hey, uh, the producers loved your pitch. They want you to go tomorrow. This is a really good thing. The car will pick you up at 6. So I was supposed to, you know, now this is like Monday night. I, I'm now getting picked up at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. And he's like, it's a really good thing, and I'll tell you why tomorrow. 
I'm like, okay, great. So um, get there. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in my trailer. I do, they do your makeup and all that stuff. And I, I go out and, and Shark Tank is filmed in, in a huge um, soundstage, right? It's, it's enormous. And then there, right in the middle of it is the Shark Tank set. And uh, it has all the things that you need to, to, you know, it's like the control room over here. And, you know, there's 150 freaking people. Um, and off to the side, in the, in the soundstage, is this little curtained off area. And uh, that's where you go when you're on deck. So I go into there because there's one person in front of me. Now, again, I'm the I'm the now the second pitch of the season for for my season. So um, and the producers are like, listen, and they're whispering because, you know, I'm I'm in the soundstage. They're like, listen, this is this is a a little secret that that no one no one knows. Now I'm sharing and I'll probably get sued by Sony. But anyway, (laughs) um, they said when uh, when the sharks are not actors. So when they come when they come back after being off for so long, he said they're kind of chippy and they're nervous. And, um, you know, they, they, they have a lot of this nervous energy that they have to, that they have to get rid of. And he said, so what we do is we give them a really bad pitch just to tear apart. Um, and he goes like, the reason I'm telling you is what we've also learned is that we want a really good pitch. So they start investing, um, right away. Cause if we just give them bad pitch after bad pitch, after bad pitch, they get bored and then we'll actually have to stop we we'll actually have to stop shooting for the day, push everything back a day or two. And he said, it's really bad. So, so the fact that you're going second in the entire season is huge because the directors think you have the best chance of everyone that they heard yesterday of getting a deal. He said, but these guys are going to get, they're probably, it's going to be a little rough for you to hear. And when I tell you that these guys got destroyed, I mean, they got absolutely freaking destroyed. And I could hear everything that happened. So literally, there's like sweat. You know, I'm nervous to begin with. You know what I mean? Like this is the, 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 the most, um, you know, anxiety-ridden thing that I'll probably ever do in my entire life. And I'm sitting there listening to the guys in front of me. Like Mark Cuban was like saying, uh, you know, there's no doubt that, that there's IP in your, in your product that I – you know, I own as as another investment, and you're probably going to be here from our lawyers, Mister. You know, Mister. Wonderful's beating them up because they didn't know their numbers. Like asking them, you know, why they even came on the show. It was it was so bad. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, okay, like, can I run at this point? Like, how, how deep into this am I? But um, but that's again, those are the things that the producers know based off of you know past experiences. They have to get the sharks doing what the sharks do, or they lose them, and. Um, so it kind of goes back to what you were saying about the, yeah. you know, the, the producers reaching out to companies, you know, because the 40, 50, 100,000 people that, that apply, you know, not all, most of them aren't very good. Um, they're not TV worthy, I guess is the best way of putting it. Yeah. So I, you know, that, I mean, it makes, it makes a lot of sense that they would be nervous. I mean, filming yourself is a muscle. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm filming myself on a somewhat regular basis, but even just taking three, four, five days off, it, it takes a, a few minutes to like get it, get it going again. And, and I'll, I'll say like when I was doing, uh, I was vlogging, I was doing daily business lesson vlogs for a while there back in 2017. And, you know, I did it for a hundred days in a row. And then I, I did some vlogs in, you know, like a month later, a week later. And every time I turned the camera back on, I, I'd like, I'd freeze up again. Cause it's like, Oh, I'm out in public. I'm, you know, people yep. are looking at you. Like, what are you doing? And, and all this stuff. And, 
Um, so it's just one of those things where it's like you, it's a muscle. You have to, you have to do it. And for them to take such a long period of time off, uh, is, is gotta be, you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. It doesn't matter how many, how many seasons you've done. I mean, at that point, this was a season 11, right? So it's, um, it's, it's very, it's very interesting that you, you know, you point that out that, um, that they were, you know, they, they, they are human too, right? They have the same, same issues, same muscles that we have to, we have to work through as, as speakers, as content creators, as people in, in the public eye, uh, are constantly having to deal with. And some do deal with it better than others. Now, <laughs> I did want to get to, you, you, uh, pointed out a couple of things. Let's talk, let's get to your pitch, uh, out there. Now, obviously, uh, it's no secret when you walk out to, you know, into the tank, there's, tons of cameras and you stand there for i've heard up to like 10 minutes five to 10 minutes while they get all the different angles and you know doing all the b-roll stuff that they need to to do in order to clip it together but you did have a nerve it was clear abundantly clear that you were quite nervous when you first started to speak there uh and i don't know if that it's just they emphasized it with the editing or if you you know it that was you coming, you know, the nervousness really coming through because you kind of stuttered a little, not stuttered, I don't know if you know stutter is the right word, but you kind of hesitated out of the gate uh, with oh, your yeah. pitch. Yeah, back yeah, I was nervous, man. It sucks going <laughs> walking down that hallway. I'm not going to lie, man. I, I, I could barely remember my name, let alone this pitch that they've, like, you know, made you uh, memorize and, and also shorten. You know, I mean, when you start working with the producers, they're like, okay, tell us your, your company story. Write it all down. And I'm like, I'm like six pages, right? And they're like, okay, now you need to cut that in half. And then, you know, a week later, they're like, okay, now cut it in half again. And then you get down to the point, like, okay, what's a minute? Get it, get it down to a minute. You read it out for them, and they're like, okay, that was four minutes. Do you know what a minute is? You know what I mean? So you're, you're, you're literally telling your, your company story in a paragraph and a half. That's all the time that you have. So, and, you know, they emphasize how important that is, right? That's, this is the pitch. This is the pitch. This is the pitch. And, and so it is, it's, it's really terrible. I, I listened to myself saying my pitch over and over again on the flight from Pittsburgh to LA. Like that's, that's how, um, that's how important they make it seem when it comes down to it though. That's actually the least important part of, of the whole time that you're, you're there. Um, you know, there's the product side where you do your pitch and they want to know about your product. And then there's the money side, which hopefully you make it through there. And then there's the deal side. But the, the money side is actually the much more important part of this. And I think that I think that they don't emphasize it because they want people to screw that part up. I hate to say it like that, but Shark Tank's a TV show. They want Mr. Wonderful to have something to, to beat people up on. Um, so, you know, the, the pitch was, uh, yes, I was nervous. <laughs> but to answer your question, yes, I was really freaking nervous. But you pulled through, right? You yeah. pulled, you, like, I, I was waiting for, like, the, the music to kick in where it's like, uh-oh, like, <laughs> you know, the, like, the <laughs> uh-oh <laughs> moment. Yeah, like, and, and, they, and they, you, you were able to pull through that, which, you know, kudos to you because not everybody is able to do that. And, I mean, sometimes the Sharks have been nice about it. Like, okay, look, like, look this is your one big shot. Like, let's let's just back off for a second start over uh and and get at it um you know but it, it yeah i mean it, it obviously it, it is very um i i will say though so with the with the pitch side i think as long as you make it abundantly clear what it is and what it does you know what you know then that's you've done you've done your job right like you don't have to make it 
super crazy for them to to get it because as long as the money side like you said makes sense and they feel like they can trust you after talking to you for you know 40 minutes to an hour um then it's then you're you're probably you're probably golden as long as the money you know the money makes sense but but yeah if they don't even understand out of the gate like what are what are we really talking about here what are the what's the real benefit um or they can't envision themselves with that benefit then then yeah. you're gonna have a tough tough time at that point part of what's happened over the few you know over the past years is that the that the show has created this um this uh I don't want to say misnomer, but but they they want people to ramp up some sort of drama, right? So some sort of whether it's creativity or whatever the case may be, some way of differentiating yourself from everybody else that's that's going to be on the show. So there's the costumes, the crazy things that people do, the 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 you know terrible stories and and all of that stuff. So again, they put some pressure on you behind the scenes to try to you know make that more than it is. Um, and that's again, that's just the evolution of the show. It didn't wasn't like that the first couple seasons. It was just people coming out there and pitching their their product. You know, to your point, what it is, what it does, and and you know, hey, this is the problem that I'm solving. Now it's you know, now again, Dino Dave, bring those freaking uh, dinosaurs. Don, Don, yeah. Don Dino Don. I, I, I mean, right. the, hey, hey, we're, the set we're that they the same, put is Joe. It, we're in the same boat here. Yeah. I'm at Flex Seal, <laughs> Flex <you> Screen, <laughs> Dino Dave. Dino, it's all good. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> but, but again, you know, you, you, uh, you know, I had two like little pop up displays. You know, what I mean, like I just didn't have a lot to. But he brought in freaking dinosaurs and people wear outfits and, um, you know, it's it's incredible what the what the show has become. But um, but the, the but. That's not why the, the the sharks are making deals. They they honestly, I hate to say it like this, I think they could care less about the dramatics. I think they really could care less about and, and and the show's real. I mean, the sharks want to make the deals that they do on the show. I mean, they're they're taking notes, they're asking real pertinent questions. You know, I was in there for two hours and thirty-seven minutes. Most of it was completely un uninteresting, unsexy talk about data. Um, and that they were asking, um, you know, they weren't trying to ramp it up. They weren't trying to make it more than it was. It was just help me to understand your business. Look, of course, Sony Pictures owns every single minute of that. So if they can, if they can edit it, you know, some of those boring things together to make it seem like it was more dramatic, that's their job. They should be doing that. Your your pitch was two. You were in there for two hours. Two hours and, and thirty. I was the second minutes? longest pitch wow. in Shark Tank. Yeah, two hours and thirty seven minutes. So wow. at least that's what the producers told me. I, I haven't been around, you know, but that's, yeah, it was unusually long. Hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think one of the most impressive things about Shark Tank is their, well, other than their their editors, which ding, ding to them for being able to yep. cut down 40 minutes to, to about seven, uh, in some most cases, sometimes five. But um, the uh, the ability for the Sharks to be able to crank out like 30 episodes, give or take, uh, per season with four pitches per episode, uh, when each one takes about minimum of 30 to 40 minutes minimum, um, is it, that, that part is absolutely impressive for them to be able to crank out the amount of, of content that they are, uh, with our super busy schedules and, and everything involved it, that that's, that is awesome. It is. And, and a third of, uh, you know, a third of the people that, that go in front of the sharks don't actually air. You know, they cut they cut about 30 percent. So if you can imagine, you know, you look at the, the whole season and then add another 30 percent onto that. That's how many they actually shot. Um, it's wow. it's nuts. Um, I know, again, my season, they did four weeks of filming and they filmed from Tuesday to Saturday 
um, you know, pretty much, you know, sun up to sundown. Uh, you know, they, they, they work really, really long hours during those four weeks. So, yeah, um, it's, it's yeah, definitely, it's and it's grueling for the whole team. I mean, as a oh, person absolutely. who does video production and stuff for other, for other people, as well as myself, like it's a, it's a grueling process. Um, to, to go through even just to be even just the star in it to be there and on you know and and be able to mentally uh you know write your write your notes down right and and make sure that you know what's going on around you for that long period of time is is pretty incredible it is um so i so my uh question related to your pitch how did you decide that the best way was to whip out the hammer and start beating on it versus like doing a thing where you like come out and like, I'm going to punch the screen or like do, you know, something to like something crazier over the top. I mean, the hammer was over the top, um, but, but that was that a rubber mallet. It was. And, and the rubber okay. mallet was based off of, again, it was, that's what, you know, we brought out a hammer. They said, use this instead. You, you know what I mean? It, um, we actually have like rubber mallet gate. Uh, it, it's a kind of like an ongoing joke because, <laughs> I, because again, that, that, that'll play, you know, we'll get, um, cause we've been on a couple times, you know, through COVID, they did a lot of reruns of shark tank and invariably we get people going, that wasn't a hammer. That was a rubber mallet. And you're like, okay, look, it like tried doing that with a regular screen with a rubber mallet. Like that's what they gave me. You're like, I, you know, I said it, I want, I brought a hammer. They didn't want me to use a hammer. They gave me this big rubber mallet. Uh, it, it'll still do the same amount of damage. So, but yeah, people online, man, they, they go crazy. Like, usually that's a, it's not a hammer. But, um, no, it was just, uh, you know, there's a, a producing team that works with you, and their whole job is to get you onto the show. You know, so I had two guys um, that helped to, you know, help me really get our pitch going. My, my team, um, you know, I have a communications director, and I have some creative people, you know, as we were, um, you know, doing content. They were helping me create the pitch from our side and the hammer just seemed like it was uh, i don't know it it just worked you, you know what i mean <laughs> um the other thing too you know we watched a lot of episodes and you don't want to do anything that you're not sure how it's going to work out right so you know you go punch something you could do it a hundred freaking times right and it works perfect and that one time that you're in front of the cameras that's the clip that ends up going over and over again because you break something, you shoot, you know, Damon in the face with a screen, whatever the case may be, you know, like something, something outside of your control happens. The hammer was something that we thought we could control. So the, that makes the, sense. Yeah, well, the Tesla uh, Cybertruck comes to mind, you know, throwing a metal ball at a window and then it's like, oh, this won't break. And then they, it yeah, shatters exactly. right there in front yep. of everybody. It's like, oh, okay, well, let's just throw it again anyway because – we're already we're already doing it for the meme at this point, yeah. <laughs> you know. We're committed, um, so I no, I think that's uh, I think that's a that's a, a fair point, um, you know. And, and the rubber mouth, thing, like it, it, it was a hammer, and it, it still got the point across. I don't know, maybe it was a, a safety thing or a. Which I mean, I still I wouldn't want my face bashed with a rubber mallet. You know, it probably still hurt. <laughs> like, like, but um, it might have been I, my first thing that comes to my mind is a, a camera thing. You know, it, it might the rubber mallet is bigger than a hand mm, unless you get like yeah. an oversized like clown hammer or something. It's you know, it, it's it comes up better on the camera. I I would imagine. I 
I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they were also worried about because all the furniture out there is theirs. So like the little box that it was sitting on is theirs. They were worried uh, about me damaging their box and stuff like that. And uh, again, it could think, be anything. Think, like, think. Hey, look, if this if this idiot's gonna smash his hand, you know, because he's distracted, better with a rubber mallet than a hammer. I, I don't know, less blood, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe more blood would be better. Maybe that better for insurance yeah. purposes. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's let's move through the pitch a little bit. Uh, so you so did you have uh Lori now for anyone who isn't watching again get subscribed go watch the the video will already be posted I'll I'll try to link it down below or up here in the corner or something like that but uh did you have Lori in mind going into this actually we did um it was you know the the deal that that we had struck um, we had we had watched Barbara do something um, similar, you know, where, again, I'm sure you'll talk about this a little bit, but the, the deal was to split off the retail side. And um, literally, I said to my, my partners, I'm like, if I could get Lori to do a deal like this, this is like this is the perfect scenario. And uh, because one of the things that, that I practiced was the deal side of it. You know, what if somebody asked this? What if somebody wants to do this? What if um, and and, you know, I didn't want to again. I wouldn't be as prepared as I could possibly be. I mean, I watch people go out there and then they get to the deal side. They're like, uh, like, no, you should have that. Like you should know what, what you're willing to accept and, and where you're at and who you want to be with. And, and so we, we had that all worked out. I mean, there, there was, um, my, my partners grilled me for two weeks leading up to shark tank. Um, and, and we did it as if I was live, like no notes. Like, what do you do if they have this question that you don't know? I, I, like you have to figure it out. Like Sony Pictures is is filming this. What? How? How are you going to answer that? So and and we we role played the deal side of it too. So it was really easy once we got to that point to figure out who you know who we were going to go with. And Lori was was number one. Yeah. Oh, you were you weren't uh, tempted by Barbara's brother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Barbara was in filming. Barbara was by far the most fun shark. She was a blast. She made she made everything so. I was really tempted by by her offer simply because I wanted to do business with her um, because mm. she was she was so much fun just to talk with and she jokes around and she's a little bit crude, um, you know. So it, it's it's really interesting because you do get get to pick up their person their real personalities, not the personalities that that the show wants to portray. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, look, people have uh, when you think about filming and and stuff like that. Like, people have a short attention span, so it's easier for them to latch on. So that's why, like, we watch any. I mean, I don't watch any really a lot of TV at all. But when you watch any reality TV show, they have the good guy, the bad guy, the nice guy, the or girl, you know, guy, girl, girls unemployed, uh, employed, no, implied here. But you know, you have the good person, the bad person, the the business person, the I'm going to screw everybody over person, the deal maker person, like. And it's easy to just attach those um, taglines or, or those descriptions or the um, titles to yep. those people, and and pe it's easier for people to digest and follow along with. Um, now you talk about partners. Now one thing that didn't come on the pitch, unless I missed it, because I do the I do one take and live, and that's that's <laughs> it when I do it. But it didn't sound like you you mentioned your partners there or how much what percentage you owned, and if it would have made a difference. Uh, giving up, say, 20% to Kevin versus, and I'm looking at my notes here, uh, versus the, you know, 6% or or 10%. Yeah, and we um, we actually, uh, be, because of our, um, 
because of the the way that our company is structured, um, mm -hmm. and the the um, the, the clauses the, the that we have in our um, contracts, you know, with with our partners, we actually never disclosed, you know, the percentages and stuff like that. So it was like again, that was one of the questions, like how much do you? I'm like, we we prefer not to disclose that, you know, and, and wow, just, yeah. And they were and and because to me that would be like a sticking point. That would be like the panic, but like uh oh, like that that might cause at least one to two people dropping out right there because you know I mean I mean Damon's really good for trying to sniff out whether or not you actually even own enough of the business to give away like are you actually the owner at that point versus well i own 23 percent and everybody else owns you know smaller yeah. percentages but i don't i mean you know it's, yeah. it, it makes mean, it like they, a difficult situation yeah. for them they to made come it in. really they, they made it really clear you know they said you know do you control the company I'm like yes i control the company so again okay. it was it was one of those types of of conversations like hey look we you know we we didn't amend our bylaws to be able to do this if that you know prohibits you from doing a deal no, we're we're sorry but um but they also do diligence behind the scenes you know what i mean the show, yeah. the show actually does diligence um so they would make sure that the sharks aren't going to get into something you know that's that they're certainly not going to close eventually. You're laundering money through uh, through flex screen <laughs> exactly. for, for cocaine distribution out of the South. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, the People's Republic of China sure. owns you know eighty nine percent of flex screen. So no, it's, you know, but uh, but yeah, I do have I do have equity partners and and um, you know we're. we're uh, which I mean, honestly, it makes sense that you you would to be able to, and I think that a lot of people don't quite understand that part of when it comes to entrepreneurship and business is that unless you're self funded, like you've already made your millions, lot like to scale up to you know one million to three million, five million, ten million dollars requires a lot of capital, right? For inventory, for things that are going to go wrong. Uh, there, there's just so much money that has to be able to be there. You know, it takes money to make money, right? And I, yep. I feel like I haven't heard that. I, I feel like I haven't heard that saying often enough lately um, from enough people to, to understand that like, yeah, like, you, you know, anything could scale up to $10 million, but it does take money. And if you're not making enough profit, which in your case, it sounded like you weren't making enough profit, but I, I applaud you for taking the long road and in some cases, painful road of let's be the industry standard, right? Let's make it so that every person has the flat that just becomes the standard thing after, you know, after 2025 or something, all windows going forward, just that's what it is. And then in, in 20 years from then, it just it, it, it's synonymous with Windows. Like you, you just don't get it without. Yeah. Like you can't even custom order it. Like, oh, I want my metal one that's going to break and not, you know, <laughs> give me an extra foot or two foot of bend room when my kid puts his, you know, fist through it. Yeah, it, it was interesting because they got it. Again, the show is there to ramp up drama and and to get people to view it, right? So, you know, yeah, we, we sh I think we showed $10,000 or something like that in profit. And, and they, of course, they could do the, ooh, oh, my goodness, they only made $10,000 on $5 million in sales. And you're like, okay, look, it, we all know what I'm doing with this money. Like, we're putting it back in to continue growing because, to your point, you need money to continue to scale. Like, there's no possible way you go from $5 million in sales to $10 million in sales and and try to pocket a couple million dollars through that unless you're doing the you know drop shipping like hey i'm buying this in china for three dollars you know and i'm selling it over here for 30. 
Um, cool. I get that. That's that's great. It's a great way. That's just not our product. You know, we're all custom made and and, you know, we're we're, you know, made in the U.S. I mean, I mean, just to scale up from again, we most of our customers buy on terms, right, because we're selling to window manufacturers. You know, so if you can think about, you know, we're doing, you know, millions of dollars a month now, you know, so. I'm, you know, my customers are in the hole in the hole for me for millions of dollars every single month because they're not paying for 30 days afterwards. So again, it's it's you know, uh, bottom line, what what you can take home from a business that's growing as fast as ours is, it makes good TV. But they understood, they understood the why once we started talking more. Oh, absolutely. And I, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business, small business owners, uh, a lot of them don't understand like what it feels like to have a million dollars on the street waiting for that to come in. And, and especially if you're not just like, Ooh, I have, well, cause that's, that's a whole nother set of problems. And like, Oh, I only have four manufacturers, you know, four manufacturers I'm sending these to. Well, if just one of them doesn't send me the money and there happened to be like the biggest, you know, the biggest whale of, of the four, uh, then I'm really up, you know, a, a creek without a paddle, especially if I don't have the funding to be again, money to fix those problems, to smooth out those problems. Um, I mean, I've, I mean, I've been there, right. We've had like over a million dollars on with one customer. And when you only have like three or 4 million, well, I'll say only three or 4 million on the street. It's a problem when that customer seems like they might be filing for chapter 11 soon. It's like, Oh, Billy, am I going to get paid? You know, they're, they're a huge, a huge player in the market and they'll probably get out of it. But Will they? I don't know. That's a huge gamble on the whole, you know, the whole enchilada there. So, um, so I, you know, during my reaction, which I'm sure you you'll probably watch when it. Oh, when I it can't goes wait live. to watch it. <laughs> um, it, it's actually it was actually tough because I don't know enough about the window industry to be able to to I you know I I think I did a decently job a decent job but well you know I, I I'm looking forward to getting your your reaction uh, to it. Um, I I did ask like. You know, did the money matter? Because it's hard when you don't know what percentage you own. Is the valuation matter, right? And I always say, like, if like if you own one hundred percent of the company, and they're like, oh, we we don't, we're not taking your ten percent offer. We want to get twenty or twenty five percent. Is that gonna? Does that really make a difference if you're the only person owning the business, right? It's not like you're trying to appease other shareholders or anything like that. And and ultimately, if if the goal isn't really to sell the business anyway. And does your evaluation right now really, really matter unless you have a very specific need for that amount of cash to make it, ha- you know, to like, oh, we're going to take this and we're going to do this and this and this and play out this plan, which, uh, I mean, depending on which shark you get, might have a whole different plan in place, kind of like how Barbara put the wheels in motion for like, hey, I'll, you know, let's get this in consumers' hands. Let's make that happen. Yeah, and I guess to if I'm understanding your your question or where you're going with this, you know, for us the money didn't matter. I, I don't know how else to say it. You know, we, you know, even when we were talking to the business consultant, and there is a business consultant that will help you with your valuations, help you with your asks. Uh, again, just these crazy facts. Less than twenty percent of the people that go on the show, and this business consultant works for the show, has been there since the the first season, and he's oh, there. Wow. He is there to help you not be an idiot in front of the sharks. I don't know how else to say that. And I'm like, and we took days of his time. Like, you know, I mean, me and me and a couple of my partners, because we wanted to understand because Shark Tank's a it's not just a TV show. It's also a, a game. Right. And we didn't understand the rules of the game until we talked to him. You know, you if you ask for, you know, five million dollars, you can't leave Shark Tank with two million dollars. You know what I mean? And And we didn't understand that. You know, so our first ask was. 
I don't know, 1.2 million or something like that. We were, we were going in and asking for, and he's like, he's like, look, if you do a, a million dollar ask, he's like very, very, you probably won't get a deal. There's only been, I think one deal that's been over a million dollars. And he said, if you ask for a million, you have to come out of there with a million dollars. You can't come out with 900. They can't change the amount of cash that you leave with, um, which was, huh. that was really valuable to us. That I, weird. You know, I never really thought about that. I, I, I mean, huh? Yeah, you have to come out. Now they can they can structure it as loans. They can structure it as equity. They can you know lines of credit, all of those types of things. But you have to leave with at least the amount of money that you asked for. Um, they can't wow. do anything less. See, I, I don't think I see. I don't think I knew that because yeah, I didn't no, know. That. But now I'm starting to think about it. Uh, is that is that new? Is that mm-hmm. a new? No. Oh, huh. Uh-uh. It's, it's it's been that way. Um, it's. You know, I, I or is a, it based on the valuation? Then no, they'll, they'll change your valuation. because they'll be like, yeah, like we'll change, like because if you wanted, and and anybody who watches shows knows that my math on you know out of my head isn't always the best, but um, you know, if you were like, oh, I want a million dollars, and and I want you know twenty percent for. Uh, what would that be? Uh, five uh, million for yeah. five million? Yeah, or no, five twenty million twenty. Valuation. Not for a million. Not for a million. No, no. I want a million dollars total. So a million dollar valuation. Uh, so t- uh, twenty thousand for twenty percent. Right. Okay. That would yeah five times yeah, two. Easy yeah. math. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah. So, but they they would be like, well, I'll give you half that for the same va- or for a, a, a drop in valuation. No, they so you want the same. No, have the I'm same trying cash. to think about that. So they might be like, okay, so let's just use really easy, stupid numbers, right? $100,000 for 10% of the company, it's a million dollar valuation, right? They, they're like, okay, your company is not worth a million dollars. We'll still give you the 100,000, but now we want, um, we want 20%. So it's only a $5 million valuation, but they still have to keep the cash the same. Now they might say, we'll give you, you know, 50,000 in cash, $50,000 as a loan or a line of credit, but they have, you have to come out with the same amount of cash. Um, mm. And again, I didn't realize that until we had this conversation. Then I watched through some episodes. I'm like, they never changed the cash. They, like 100. percent mm. He's I, I, why would I doubt him? You know what I mean? Since he works for the show. <laughs> yeah. Right. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so you can you can give away more of your company. You can structure deals different ways, but you can never change the amount of cash that you ask for. So, um, but yeah, hmm. so we we I mean, but but we were you know we were looking for a reason for the money, right? That was. That's the other thing that you have to give them is why do you want the money? So for us to open up a new manufacturing plant, um, it cost us about eight hundred thousand dollars. So that was that's when when um, you know when we were asking for for money, we we're like, okay, what do we need the money for? Because we had a lot of money in the bank, so you know we we just didn't need it, but we needed a reason that we were going on the show. So that's where that's where that eight hundred thousand came up from. So like, okay. When they said, well, what are you going to use your $800,000 for? Because you don't need inventory because you're not buying things. You know what I mean? You're making things. We're like, okay, we want to open up a new manufacturing plant. And that's what that's what I need this money for. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and I, you know what? The the money thing makes sense. I Because I'm trying to justify that in my mind. I think maybe it's for a simplicity sense of the viewer um, as one of the things. Because, like, if you start opening up the door to, like, different – dollar values then it just change you know what would take 40 minutes or even you know an hour could end up taking a lot longer because now you're talking about a totally different ball game at like oh well you know you want a million dollars but i'll give i'll give you three hundred thousand for for this and it it just kind of complicates 
the whole like the whole it complicates everything really and from an editor standpoint that makes it even more difficult because you're trying to make sure that you can tell the story in a way that the people watching it actually can follow it and to your point earlier about um the drama doesn't sell right like it, it keeps people watching but nobody's going on good morning america the next day because of the drama that I know of, at least, uh, they're going on because, oh, we had this amazing product and you should totally go check out our new water bottle from LTTstore.com and blah, 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 blah. Like, th- you know, that's the thing that they're going to be able to get the the press about, not the the drama of like, oh, so-and-so said this because uh, the odds of that are so low. I mean, just look at um, like American Idol, for example, right? Like I think only like one or two people that have ever come through American Idol who weren't the, you know, the winners or, or in the top 10 have made a huge enough splash to actually like go on to do something, you know, to right. get that, that notoriety, you know, uh, William Hung is one of the, the people that come to mind. And the other guy that uh, had that saying, can you dig it? Like, Outside of those two people, and in like twenty years of doing American Idol, you know that's just it. Just isn't isn't the the drama or the um, viewer reason to watch is not going to get you that uh, level of attention that you're looking for outside of the show. Yep, you're absolutely right. So, uh, so, so, okay. So it's been a while since you've been on Shark Tank. It's, that was uh, a year and a half ago, I think it was. Yeah, January of last year. Yeah, we would. So yeah, year and almost exactly a year and a half. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. And so you you would still classify it as a as a success a, a, a successful endeavor? Uh, I would hope. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was it was it was pretty incredible. And and we do you know we did finish our deal with Lori uh, again. One of those behind us the, the scene secrets. Not all the deals that you see on the show actually go through. There's a diligence period that you know people have to. You know, you have to kind of show what's what's behind the curtain and, and the sharks want to understand that and their lawyers get involved. And, and sometimes there's things that, that change. Um, you know, our, our deal changed a little bit. You know, Lori Grenier is actually an equity partner um, on the show. We did us. We were supposed to do a completely separate retail um, company. And another company came in and made us a really good deal on taking our product to the Lowe's and Home Depot's of the world. And um, so we changed our deal with Lori and, and um, Lori was great with it, you know, so she's she's actually an equity partner of ours and, and working with her and her team have been it's been pretty incredible. I, I'm, I'm still there's still these surreal moments where, you know, I'll get a phone call on like a Friday at seven o'clock and Lori's out walking her dog and, and she's, you know, like, hey, I had this idea. And I'm like, I look at my phone. I'm like, this is freaking Lori Grenier, like calling me like this is so weird. <laughs> so. But uh, but we we launched on HomeDepot.com. There's going to be displays coming up, um, you know, this summer. Uh, hopefully by the end of summer, they just uh, everything just got approved for for the display. So we start seeing it on the floors. So and and all of that is because of Shark Tank. We would have got there eventually, but man, does Shark Tank fast forward on on some of those things? It, it really does. Um, the uh, the attention we we had a consultant look at again. Part of our our um, reasoning for going on, we had a consultant look at. What would it cost to get the same attention as Shark Tank? If we went out and, and bought media to get the same attention as Shark Tank, what would it cost us to, to do that? And he came in somewhere between 15 to $16 million. And we're like, well, I'm not going to spend $15 million on advertising. <laughs> so it's probably a good, probably a, this is a great way to do it, you know? So um, it, it does. It, it just gets a lot of attention. And then having one of the sharks in your corner. 
um, you know, they're not into the day to day. Some sharks are more in, in it than, than others, but they're there as a resource. You know, when it comes down to, again, the, the, the displays that we're doing for Home Depot, Lori and her team were integral in making them look the way that she wanted them to look, which is not my expertise. So having her in my corner to be able to, to help with that is, is fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, that it's invaluable, right? Yes, like, because you, you you still don't really know how far this is going to go once you put it into a Home Depot. Like, you can project, but just you know, having that Shark Tank effect plus putting it into Home Depot plus the fact, I mean, Lori's done so many end cap, you know, displays mm-hmm. and and big, you know, in store displays uh, that it's you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. I, I'm looking forward to being able to see it at, at my local Home Depots uh, in the in the coming months here. Um, now, with that said, so uh, when you decided that, um, and I went to your website and I saw that you have a measuring stick, which looks like a an old school pointer, like yeah. uh, <laughs> pointing device. Um, what? <laughs> Is that is that something that's part of the the retail experience, like going and getting your pointer and 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 doing it, you know, to measure it, or how how does that work? So the um, which has been branded as Flextenna, it does. It looks like a, an old antenna, <laughs> that's like right. old school that's right. antenna, like that used to have on on a you know little AM radio. And um, so what, what what we came across, one of the pivots that we made was, you know, we did about a million dollars in sales online um, before Shark Tank. So the year before Shark Tank, we did about a million dollars in sales. But the struggle that we had was we would get people that are like, we love this. We can't read a tape measure. Or how do you how do you measure our windows and all that stuff? So we were just brainstorming and, and came up with this idea. We sent it out to some some homeowners that placed orders on our on our um, website. And like I said, we did this really ugly mock-up of that and said, like, here's how you use it. You know, you, you kind of expand this out, then you take it out of the window, then you measure that, and that tells you how wide it is. And then, you know, it, and so, uh, so yeah, I mean, on, on the website, you, um, you know, you get one of those whenever you place an order. But then in Home Depot and Low, or, you know, well, right now Home Depot, um, you can actually go and buy one for a couple bucks. You take it home. Um, do your measurements and then you go on homedepot.com slash flex screen or the, scan the little QR code and then you can put your measurements in right there. And then the screen ship to, you know, directly to you at, at your home. So, oh, so I won't be really able to well. just go buy one at Home Depot. I have to buy the flex Tenna and then do well, the measurements you- and, and take the next step. For some of the windows that they have in stock, so um, you know if they have a, if they have like standard sizes, they'll have standard size flex screens in a display. So like, hey, if you bought this window and you want a flex screen, you know you can buy this one. But for the most part, if you're doing them for your house, you are you're probably going to need to do them custom sized. You know what I mean? Um, so we want to make sure that we make that as easy as possible. So until Apple comes out with the perfect measuring device where we can just kind of take a picture and it tells you, um, which we're working on that stuff, you know, you know, some of that, that VR stuff is pretty close, but we, we had to go old school and uh, come up with something mechanical to help. The, the only question I have about the flex tenant, you said you put it like, so I would put it in where the tray you know, or the, I don't know what you would call it, but the, the groove yep. for, for where the screen goes, how do I get it? out of the groove like just just, just like yeah that, it, that move that you and, just did right the there yeah. okay do one yeah, of these so, okay. yeah you just <laughs> okay. kind of like you just, yeah you just kind of tip it up and then you can kind of bring it bring it Pull back it out okay without, yeah, I, without messing with the measurements i would be so nervous that i would be messing with the measurement 
it, it's actually you know the the old school antennas used to be really easy to you know go in and out. This one actually has a lot of friction. Oh, so, good, good, good. yeah, so we actually created it so that it's, you know, it, it takes a little bit of effort to actually push it out. And then once you push it out, it wants to stay there. So is there a decent amount of tolerance, like within, say, like a quarter, like if it's a quarter inch off or something like that? Or is that yeah, we, we have these little things we call them bumpers, but it's a, it's essentially a, a little um, it, it's. It's, it's a little thing that, that it has adhesive and it goes on the corners if you need them. So if it's a oh, little okay. bit loose or something like that, you can put these little things on that take up some space. They compress and it helps to, to hold it in the, in the Oh, window. that's great. Yeah. That's so, great. Like I said, we, we, try to, we try to think of all of the things. And, and all, this is also feedback too. You know I mean? It, it, you know, customer calls up and says, hey, I measured my windows wrong. Well, how, by how much? Well, 16th of an inch. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. You know, we'll, we'll figure something out to... Put the bumper on. Yeah. yeah. Educating oh, people great. on how to do a tape measure is the worst part, man. People do not know how to read a tape measure anymore. It's nuts. I mean, I think we learned how to do the measuring thing like in like third grade or something. <laughs> I, that was a that was a while ago at this point. But but I, I, I for the most part, know how to read it. Um, you know, the quarter inch, the eighth inch, and is there a sixteenth inch? Sixteenth, yep. And yeah, they, they can go then, down to about a 30 second, which is really, really small. Oh, wow. But next evolution, once it's in the stores, then Home Depot will have uh, Home Depot Lowe's. All these big guys, they also have their own teams that go out, and they'll they'll actually measure for you. Again, that's yeah, not happening anytime ex- you know first. this summer. But that'll that'll be the next step where they charge you fifty bucks. They come out and do all the measurements, and then you go back and pick them up after we produce them and and uh, install them in your windows. So before we we talk about uh, your podcast, which you have a great looking setup there, by the way, there, Joe. Thanks. Um, what's, what's the future of flex screen? What's it, what's it looking like? Man, we're still growing like a weed. We keep doubling, um, every year, which is, yeah, man, it's, it's crazy (laughs) to, again, the, the, it's funny right now, you know, we're doing more in a week than we were doing our, than we did our entire first year of business. So to scale that fast is, is not, so we're, you know, we continue growing. Um, right now our growth is really limited by the capacity of what we can make. You, You know, it's, it's tough. You know, right now the labor market's really difficult to hire people and and get stuff um, moving. So, but we're, uh, you know, we're looking at more manufacturing locations and and just continuing to continuing to grow. It's it's been a it's been a lot of fun. Um, I have a lot less hair and a lot more gray <laughs> in it over the last couple of years. But uh, but no, it's 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 fantastic. And and what's fun about what we're doing is. Uh, I think you had mentioned it earlier, you know, we're in this for the, the lo- this is the long play for us, you know, so, um, you know, the, the window manufacturers that, that are making flex screen standard, you know, they're offering it to their customers, um, which then feeds the retail because eventually screens wear out and stuff like that happens. And the only place that they can get a screen to replace it is back to our retail. And the retail actually also drives the demand for the homeowners. You know, they see it at Home Depot and Lowe's and all that stuff. And they're like, why am I buying a window with this garbage old style screen on it why don't i have flex so again it's just this big circular demand um that we're really excited about because we're starting to see the snowball uh happen with with all that that's that's awesome i hope and i hope your profit margins have improved since uh since then which i'm guessing by the prices that i saw on the website I'm, i'm guessing that they're they're much more healthier than they were when you were on shark tank 
Yeah, they, they they are. And again, a lot of it's, you know, a lot of our profits in the early years, it goes to infrastructure. You know, you have to build a machine. You know, when I say machine, I'm not talking about a physical machine, but you have to build a company, um, getting the right people in place and all that stuff. Um, you don't need, you know, you don't need 10 more, um, you know, admin people just because you've doubled or tripled. You know, you the same people can handle, handle you know, more more work or, or you know, the, the right amount of work as, as you're getting bigger. Um, and also the, th- the thing to keep in mind, though, with the prices you see is, you know, you have a lot of things wrapped up into getting a screen to Home Depot. You have they have to make money. You have to FedEx has to make money. And, you know, there's a lot of people that have to make money before the homeowner finally touches the cardboard people where we, we you know, to wrap those and send them through the mail. You know, there's a lot of costs that, that get associated when you're selling retail that, uh, again, I was I had no idea. I'm like, man, if you can make it for ten dollars and sell it at Home Depot for sixty, you should be making a lot of money. We're like, no, nah, it's that's that's not really the case. But uh, but it's still it's it's great business, and and we're really proud to to be working with Home Depot and and some of the other big boxes as as the, they launch with us too. That that's that's awesome. So, but right before we get to your about your show and how people can reach you and all that, Joe, did you grow up in in thinking you would be in the flex screen business and in, in the screening business, the window business? I I didn't. Um, but it, it's funny because as uh, you know, like I said, I've been in the window and door industry for about twenty years, and I had been. Uh, one of the things that I sold was traditional window screens. So one of the companies that I represented was was a company that made window screens. And so I became through the years kind of a, a screen expert, a screen geek. And now that, you know, with, with inventing something new, I'm like, this is like such a weird thing to brag about. Like I'm the world's foremost expert, expert in window screens, <laughs> um, which is, uh, again, I guess if you're going to do something, uh, sure, that's, you know, that's something to brag about, I guess. But it's, um, uh, I, I no, this is not something anybody ever dreams of. Um, now I am living, you know, I say it all the time. It's like so cliche, but, but I'm living my dream. You know what I mean? To, to, to make something in your garage that, um, that, that does as well as, as our company has, our product has, and then to have the notoriety of Shark Tank. I mean, geez, oh man, it's, you know, through all of the, the craziness that is my life and the ups and downs, but I, you know, I have to hold on to that, that man, this is, this is something that a lot of people don't get to do. And I'm so grateful for everybody that's helped me, helped me get there. Um, so, so no, I never thought I would, I, I had no idea what a window screen was <laughs> growing up, but, but now that I'm here, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the team and, and I'm really grateful that I am here. That's awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So tell everybody about your show. Like why you got this nice setup here that, uh, you know, most people don't necessarily have set up uh, at their, at their home or office. Yeah. So, um, uh, you know, being one of the, the Shark Tank uh, entrepreneurs, you know, you, you join a group of people that have a common uh, a common experience. And so we as as entrepreneurs get together. We have a Facebook group. There's about 600 people in that group. We have local meetups. We're actually meeting up in a couple months down in Atlanta. Um, we, we do Zoom meetings. Uh, and, and so all of the Facebook or all, all of the Shark Tank entrepreneurs have gotten a chance to know each other. Um, and rely on each other and, and bounce stuff off. And I started writing a blog right after Shark Tank hit called um, Lessons from the Tank. And there was just business lessons or life lessons based off of some things that I experienced through Shark Tank. And I was chit-chatting with a, a couple of the entrepreneurs that I had gotten to know. So it'd be really neat to do a podcast about this because we've learned such amazing things, good things, bad things, 
And I think that there's some value here that we can give back to to the world, you know, if anybody wants to, to listen. And Shark Tank is so popular that we think that we can probably get some traction here. And so I, uh, I, I bounced it off of some of them and said, look, I'll, I'll run with it if, if you guys are willing to participate. And so we started the Lessons from the Tank podcast. And, and so we're a couple episodes in. Um, episode number one was with um, Tiffany Crumans, who was season number one, episode number one, deal number one. So she's the Ava the oh, Elephant. Wow. Um, and she is such a fantastic person. And, and just listening to her, like literally she went on Shark Tank, got a deal with with Barbara and then um, had a cancer diagnosis and had to go through cancer treatment, like all in the same year, you know, and again, Shark Tank, this is first year, right? So she's doing like publicity tours with Barbara, like arm in arm, like, going, you know, like they're, they're promoting this as she's going through a, um, you know, as she's going through cancer treatment. And so like, these are real people. One of the things that, that I think a lot of, uh, a lot of people don't understand is we're just a bunch of knuckleheads who happened to run businesses and got some got some fame? You, you know what I mean. We we got some notoriety that propelled us in front of millions and millions of people. But we're still figuring this out um, through through all this. None of us are experts. Even the people that have done really really well, like Squatty Potty and Scrub Daddy and things like that, they're still figuring this out. And so, you know, we were like, man, if it would be great to 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 talk about our experiences and, and try to help some young entrepreneurs or and when I say young, I mean, not young of age, but, you know, young in the journey of being an entrepreneur or a business leader or product development and things like that. So, so yeah, so we, we, we it's called lessons from the tank. Uh, you can go to lessons from the tank.com um, and, uh, or search for it on any of your podcasts of choice or YouTube or whatever. So. That was a long. I hope I didn't take up too much time. No, about my, not at my all. podcast. So. Not, not at all. You absolutely should. Look, hey, I, I run. I don't know if you know this, Joe. I run the independent podcast conference that is out out here in Philadelphia, uh, and we run an event every single year. This year, September eleventh, twenty twenty one. Uh, it's only a single day event because. Well, people aren't coming from out overseas this year to to be a part of the event. So, you know, I was like, ah, you know, instead of doing a three day event, we'll just we'll do a one day event. We get together, maybe we'll do something on that Sunday uh, after you know afterwards, and and have a good time doing do, doing something a little bit different uh, this year. Sure, but uh, but yeah, so I you know I love love podcasting, love the. Um, Love the fact that you're trying to to bring uh, the you know Shark Tank business owners together uh, and help other business owners and and there's so much there. I mean that's one of the reasons I I mean I've been doing podcasting since 2014 and uh, business lessons for entrepreneurs and all that since since then and and all that. So I I, I absolutely uh, adore the fact that you're doing it and bringing people together. You got su- such a great setup there and and have the connections to to bring those people together and. Um, Joe, I, I really appreciate you taking the time today. I know we we definitely went way over the time that we had allotted uh, for for this. So I, I appreciate you taking taking time out of your day uh, to to come and and talk about your experience and um, and and give give some more insight to the the behind the scenes. Hopefully, for I know we have some business owners that are listening that are trying to make their way on the Shark Tank. Uh, so it's it's great to hear those those uh, those lessons and some of those behind the scenes. Hopefully, you know, Sony doesn't give any lawsuits. Uh, there's no reason. Look, we're all we're all human, and I think you know if I've learned anything over the last 
I don't know when, when did the Jeffrey Epstein thing happen? Uh, we're, we're all we're all. It doesn't matter how much money you make, we're all still a bunch of schmoes, right? Right, Bill That's Gates. Right, right Bill yeah. Gates. I think we're still a bunch of schmoes. Doesn't matter how many billions you got. So uh, <laughs> I think it's important that everybody keeps things in perspective and remember that hey, we are all learning. We're all we've all not necessarily been there, and if you're not growing, then you're dying, right? So you got to be growing. You got to be pushing the boundaries and. Uh, uh, and I and I think it's important what you said that like hey, it doesn't matter how much success you know the scrub daddy squatty potty you for that matter I mean you're you're probably in the top five percent of most successful businesses that have been on Shark Tank maybe even less percent I'm I'm not sure not a hundred percent sure that I haven't watched every single pitch I, I told uh, Lori that we were coming after scrub daddy's still number one uh, I told her we're coming for him and she's like good luck <laughs> so I got the I got the the little double thumbs there so. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, at the at the price range, I mean, if you're looking at it from a revenue standpoint, it probably wouldn't be that hard to hit, you know, because I don't know, what's a pack of scrub dice, like ten bucks or something. So everybody's got windows in That's houses, it. you know. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs scrub daddies. I love my scrub daddies, but ten dollars versus like sixty, seventy dollars, it's a lot easier for you to 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 um, to eclipse that revenue number. Uh, then, then how many scrub dies? I mean, I can only have so many scrub dies in my house. Like, it's, you know, I, I got two hands here, right? It's, <laughs> um, and only so many dishes to wash. So, anyway, Joe, thank you again for being here. Um, I, I, I really, really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. I, uh, I'm honored to, to be one of your guests, and uh, thank you so much for inviting me. And shout out to uh, Rebecca for from DinoSafe uh, for hooking hooking me up with the connection here uh, to to have you on. So thank you, thank you so much, Rebecca. Quite quite appreciate it. Uh, and we have more of these tank tales coming down the pike. Uh, I don't want to jinx it, but uh, Truffle Shuffle, I will be meeting up with them in in Philadelphia if everything goes well, uh, and as well as a couple other business owners that have been on Shark Tank in the near future. So make sure you get subscribed so you don't miss those. If you've enjoyed this video, please feel free to smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm so we can get this video and this information into the hands of more super entrepreneurs like yourself. Uh, I hope you have an amazing day, and I will see you in the next video. Take care.